Welcome to the Sixel Jock Podcast, where we talk about sports, future aspirations, and everything in between. My name is Kunal. And my name is William. What is up, everyone? Let's not waste any more time and get into some free agency news. Michael Jordan may be called the GOAT, but is definitely not the GOAT of GMs. He's making Thanksgiving look like Christmas. What is he thinking giving Gordon Hayward a four-year, $120 million deal? What is your take on this, Kunal? Um, so... First of all, he's, like, extremely overpaid. I don't think him getting Gordon Hayward was a bad move, but just paying him so much. But it probably had to be, come with the fact that he is coming from Boston to Charlotte, which you leaving Boston, which is a contender, to come and play in Charlotte, which isn't that big of a market for players to come to anyways. So I, I could see why he had to pay him that much just to bring him over. But overall, I don't think that's it's that bad of a move. What about you? Yeah, I, I think... I think Michael Jordan just wants to kind of compensate for a low, like a small market team, because since Charlotte doesn't have a lot of free agency, free agents come in, I think he's kind of desperate. So I think being able to give a previous uh, all-star like player like Gordon Hayward, I think he just kind of wants to make the team a bit better by doing that. Yeah, I also think that since because he wasn't that big of a part in Boston as he thought he would, when he first uh, went to Boston, I'm pretty sure um, he was promised that he would play a big role in the offense. But ever since his injury, he hasn't. And then you had stars like Jason Tatum you have, um, like come out uh, from being a rookie after his injury. You have players like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart playing really well too. So like, you don't really need him to go out and score you like 20, 25 points, which I think that kind of bothered him because he wanted to be one of the centerpieces in Boston, but that never really ended up happening. So probably that too played a part in him going to Charlotte. So, but overall he didn't play that bad. Like last season, ever since his injury, um, his the year he came back, he didn't play that well. He averaged only like 11 points, but ever since he came back this season, 2020, he averaged 17.5 points and he averaged six re, uh, rebounds per game and four assists which isn't that bad and him being the center player um obviously surrounded by Lamelo and all those other uh young players he'll be able to get more shots up he'll be able to do more with he'll be he'll be he'll be in more control of the offense uh, alongside Lamelo. yeah in the beginning they were originally planning to have like the original duo was supposed to him and Isaiah Thomas, right? So I think that's what kind of brought him to Boston first. And then yeah. he didn't expect Kyrie then to show up. And then ever since Kyrie arriving, I'm pretty sure that his role kind of diminished within the team. Yeah. I mean, not only that, it's just that since they both got injured um, the same season they started, so 2017, they both got injured. And you had players, all the rookies that had uh, been playing in Boston on all the young players finally had a chance to show what they were made of in the playoffs and in the regular season when they both went out. And they both showed that, like, they're young, rising stars. So they didn't really – so, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't think – if I don't think he, he would have been let, let go by Boston that easily if he didn't get injured that first game of the season against the Cavs yeah. that one year. Yeah, that tragic injury. So I think, I don't know, I think things happened. And if he didn't get injured, I don't think Tatum and Brown would have uh, emerged as future stars for Boston and kind of pushed him out the door. 
Yeah, exactly. Like that's the main reason why. If if they didn't get injured, you wouldn't see Jason Tatum doing what he's doing right now. Because when you have young players surrounded by stars or superstars, you don't really get to see them flourish, which you can see in um Kyle Kuzma in the Lakers. He's playing with LeBron and AD, so you don't really get to see what he's made of because he doesn't really get the ball that often. The offense doesn't run through him. He just plays a part in the offense. He's not one of their key pieces. So. Yeah, and when speaking on that point, I think when Kuzma was on his own, I think that year when LeBron was injured. And he sat out for the for a big portion. I think he did do pretty well. He had pretty yeah. high stats. Yeah. I think he so even think, uh, scored like forty or fifty points in one game. I think his career yeah. was forty or fifty. So because he was like the go-to player, so I think that's the main reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in Utah, if we want to look back to that, I think Gordon Hayward was pretty an off-ball player. That's why they kind of wanted to put him alongside, like, Kyrie and Isaiah. Yeah, that makes sense, too. But, like, like he probably – like, he got tired. Like, he's not even – I don't even think he was the third – he was probably the third or fourth option in Boston, right? Because you have Tatum, you have Brown. Yeah. um, And then even, like, Marcus Smart. So, I don't even think he was the third option. Sometimes he was probably not even the third option. probably the fourth option, so – Yeah, he just wanted to play a bigger role. And Jordan signing him wasn't that big of a deal. It's just, like, overpaying him. Like, that's not a player you'd pay $120 million for. Like, that's that's not worth it. Yeah, you you save why... that kind of money for, like, your bigger stars and your bigger superstars. But Charlotte is a smaller market, so it makes sense why he paid him that much. Yeah, now we all know why Gordon Hayward turned down that contract extension with Boston. Yeah. He knew he knew he had something else bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the money too, right? You're not going to be able to play forever. He probably wants to make sure that he makes his money when he can. And then after he can go and get like, like even later in the, in the future of his career, he could go and ring chase and just become a bench player and come off the bench player role that way. But right now, you know, he's still fairly young. He's still, I don't think he's in his prime anymore. He's still pretty up there. He can still play pretty good minutes and probably still maybe now you maybe Charlotte could, be a playoff team, but I doubt it because even though the East is weak, there's still younger teams and better teams that I think are uh, better to look out for and have a better chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, by the fourth year of his contract, he'll be, what, 30, 34 years old now? He'll probably be 34 yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then he'll – yeah, you don't you don't really want – at that point, he's going to be, like, another role player, not going like, to – be way past his prime. So if his prime's not already done, like, I think – Maybe the next year or two will be the last of his good years playing in the league. After that, yeah. he'll just be a role player. Yeah, I think his his uh, his prime was pretty much the year that he got injured in uh, what was what was the year twenty seventeen, well, right? Yeah, I think I think uh, twenty sixteen he hit his like he was starting to hit his prime. And then yeah. 2017, 28, like the injury just robbed him of his prime years. Like he could have had, if he didn't get injured, he could have had two more years where he was in his like prime 2017, 2018. And then now in 2019, he's been falling off. You never know because of the injury, you know, it took a lot away from his game and took a lot away from his ability. So maybe now if he didn't get injured, he would have maybe still been in his prime a little bit more longer. But I think ever since that injury just took years off of his uh, career. Yeah, that. That free agency class was actually pretty big. So when a bunch of people were surprised that Gordon Hayward even decided to to leave because the situation in Utah was so good for him. And I guess it was just mainly because of Brad Stevens. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think you made the playoffs in Utah that year, if I'm not wrong, 2016. Yes, I believe so. I'm pretty sure he did. Like 2016, 2017, I'm pretty sure they made the playoffs that year. So. But yeah. Yeah, they huh? Did they? I think they might have missed it slightly. Okay, never mind. They secured the fifth seed. Okay, yeah. So they, they he had made the playoffs, but like again, um, I don't think he was he an all star in Utah. I don't think he was. Was he? There's no way in the West he was an all star. I think he did. I think he did make the all star appearance. I think he actually. Yeah, never mind. He made the all star in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was when he was in Boston. Oh, he okay, yeah. So he did, yeah. He had one one All Star year in Utah. Yeah, but I guess uh, it wasn't just a signing though, because Boston got a, a second round pick and then a trade exception, actually the largest in the NBA in NBA history. Oh shoot. Yeah. It was I mean, Boston's gonna Boston just the thing about Boston is you're always gonna rely on Boston on getting a lot of picks like. Um, Boston always had a crap ton of uh, draft picks, so I'm not surprised. That's OKC now, though. OKC yeah. has that. Yeah. Yeah, OKC has way too many draft picks. Oh, my God, yeah. it's crazy. One eternity later. On to other news. Let's talk about the future of the Charlotte Hornets. So, Charlotte drafted LaMelo with a number three pick. What are your thoughts on what he can bring? Um, so I think uh, we got a report, or it was reported that saying that um, I think the day before or the day of draft of draft day, uh, Jordan gave the go ahead that if Lamelo is available to take him at number three, or if that's what they wanted to do. But I'm pretty sure that just meant if he's available at number three, we're gonna take him. So after that was reported, a lot. Um, I do think that was a good pick for Charlotte because um, I think you were the one who told me that the moment um, they drafted him, like the ticket sales or the expected, uh, what was it? The expected, uh, no, the prices of the tickets went up, right? Yeah. 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 So the the prices of the seats went up and like rightfully so because um, Lamelo has a big following of uh, people, you know, he's a popular player. He's been around the NBA, not NBA scene, he's been around the basketball scene for such a long time, um, ever since he was in high school. So he's been in the spotlight, been in the limelight of the media and everything. So I think um, they might have taken him also for that, for the whole um, more tickets, more sales, because they, they, they did lost their star in Kemba Walker and they did sign Gordon Hayward. But after Gordon Hayward, you also have to add like more pieces to make it all a little bit more flashy. His uh, his yeah, his fan base is five point nine million on Instagram now. So yeah, so a lot of people. Yeah. So he has a good following. You know, people are gonna come watch him. Um, now on the basketball side of you, I do think that's a good pick because Lamelo is a great scorer. Um, he has great size. He's six eight. Um, he's a great passer, passer, even though people don't think he is. He's like a naturally gifted passer, just like his brother. And the difference between him and Lonzo is that Lonzo comes in with a pass-first mentality. He wants to run the offense, you know, get everyone involved. Lamelo is really about scoring, and he and his and he's a score-first guy, even though he's a great passer, which I do think is good. Um, with 
Charlotte taking him at number three, that's probably, they're going to make him their franchise player. He has a good young team around him, that's good, which is good. Um, I think with Jordan's help and the fact that he's going to have Jordan as a mentor and a boss, he's going to be able to develop his game a lot more, especially when it comes to the jump shooting side of things. I think, um, I think for the first year or the first couple games, um, they're going to let him do his jump shot, see how it goes, see how well he shoots, see how well um, he can knock down shots with it from the three in the mid-range. But eventually, I feel like if it starts becoming a hindrance to his game and that it needs to be improved, Jordan will just have him change it and they're going to get someone um, to change his jump shot just like they did with Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Charlotte's future looks pretty bright. Um, they got a good young core now. They have a good veteran in um, Gordon Hayward. And uh, I think Lamelo is going to be running the show. Like the ball, like everyone knows that since he got drafted number three, it's going to be his team. It's going to be his show, regardless of who was there last year, because if you think about it, like he, I think right now he's still better than everyone that was on that Charlotte team last year. Like from the young player's point, I think he's better than all of them and his ceiling and his potential is way higher than all of them. He could be a future MVP of the league. Um, he's, he's way better than his brother, I think. Um, so yeah, I just think it's a good pick. Yeah, definitely. I think he will kind of flourish and especially the point that you just touched on. While they, uh, his boss, right, Michael Jordan, I think is going to be a very important part to having him kind of flourish as a player and kind of cut out his dad's influence as his Mm -hmm. dad has definitely played a strong role and kind of ruined Lonzo's career by talking so much, going to the media and saying so much. So I think a smallish market like Charlotte suits his suits his overall um, playmaking ability and his overall morale as a player because he doesn't have too much around him happening. So he can actually just focus on basketball. And his, his dad had no reason to go to Charlotte and be like, oh, my son is on such a great team, which they aren't yet. So if he was in New York, I think it would have been a completely different story and or any other franchise for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think the whole of our thing is since Charlotte is a small team, like you said, and like they're not that good right now, um, he's not going to be able to do that much talking. Plus, after seeing what all the talking did for Lonzo, first of all, I got him traded out of LA and I just put in so much unneeded pressure on him. And Lamelo already has to deal with a lot of pressure. Like, like he has a big following. He's been in the spotlight for so long. And even though he's been playing in other leagues and playing outside of the NBA, now that he's in the NBA, is like all eyes are on him because like his entire life he's been working towards this, and you know everyone says he's going to be the next big thing. And not only that, but he's playing under Jordan. Like you have that as your boss, that's already enough pressure because you have him probably coming to you like not on a daily base, basis, but whenever like because you know what he's expecting. Like when you're playing a game in Charlotte, you 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 have Jordan there watching you. Right. And that's like a lot of pressure. Like you have to not only perform in front of all the fans, everyone, but you have to perform in front of Jordan, who you know he's watching. And that's pretty hard to do because Jordan is a like the go, arguably. Um, you know, a lot of people see him in like a, a a godly-esque view, you know, like a lot of people think so highly of him, like they don't really believe it's real, you know. And somebody and a lot of people like players in this generation and young players like LaMelo. And um, everyone uh, in that draft class, they don't really know 
Jordan that well. Like they haven't experienced, they haven't seen him. All they can see is highlights. They weren't in the time frame when Jordan was so huge and the whole big craze of Chicago and Jordan. Uh, which, if you just look at the stats, you just look at highlights, you don't really understand how big of a thing Michael Jordan was in the world at that time. So you don't really know how big of a celebrity, how much like influence he actually had. So, um, and that's actually a good thing because you know it's less pressure on you, but still, like you have. Michael uh, Michael Jordan right there watching you. You have everyone watching you. But the one thing I will say is that the moment Charlotte starts playing better and they start looking like a good team, you know LeVar is going to start talking, saying, like, you see what my boy did, you know? He came onto this team, you know? He raised it up. Now they're a playoff team. Look at what my boy can do, blah, 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 which I think will just make – which will just add uh, more pressure onto him and eventually um, just lead to negative results. Yeah, but I guess we'll have to see because in the end, I think Lamelo, out of all the other, like his other brothers, right, has, I guess, the highest expectation since he's the best player, most arguably, in the family mm-hmm. uh, with his size, playmaking, all those scoring ability and stuff. I think uh, if he, as long as he has a good surrounding cast and he can actually learn something and really focus on basketball and cut out his dad, and his dad's opinions and all his blah blahness and his uh, BS, we can call it. Uh, I think he should be a pretty good player for Charlotte for years to come. But uh, I think, I guess it's the what's the term? Uh, they always say like he's the the father that's around too much. But uh, we'll have to see. So. Yeah, I also think that since uh, Lamelo is in the league now, Lonzo is going to become way better. Um, as a player, I think he's my pick for the most improved player. He's been getting better every single year since he's been in the league. Um, not many people know this, but he's actually averaging not that bad of a stat. Like, he's averaging 11 points, um, seven assists, and six rebounds. And that's, like, pretty good. Like, there's only a couple players in the league that average stat lines like that, where you're averaging more than 10 points, more than, like, um, five or six assists, and more than five and six rebounds. Um like, one of those players is LeBron. LeBron has always been averaging a stat line of, like, 25, 7, and 8, or 25, 6, and 10, or whatever it is. And even um, a player who doesn't get that much credit anymore because of his fall-off was Draymond Green. Because back when Draymond was playing at a really high level, he was averaging numbers like 11 or 12 with 7 rebounds, 8 assists, something like that, like, pretty much close to triple-doubles. And there's, uh, I think there was this one year – um, where there are only three players in the league that are averaging stat lines like that, where they're averaging more than, like, six rebounds, seven assists, and, like, 10-plus um, points. And that was only LeBron, Lonzo, and Draymond. Those are, like, the only three players that are averaging stat lines yeah. like that. So I think now seeing that his brother is in the spotlight and all the attention is going to be on him, that takes a lot of pressure off of him. Plus, I think it'll motivate him saying, like, okay, y'all think that he's better – blah, 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 but you're going to forget I've been here before him. I'm just as good, if not better than him. So I think now, more than anything, he's more motivated to prove that he is um, as good as his father thinks he is and better or if not the same as his brother. Because it's one thing just to compare you to somebody, like a random player or whatever, but it's different to compare you to your own brother. Like that's somebody you have to meet all the time. Like that stings, you know, like anybody who knows anything about like – whether it's like you go to school and your brother tops you and makes a basketball team and you don't, or your brother gets like 
good grades and you don't like that stings like that hurts like you know in the heart of hearts your brother is better than you or your relative is better than you and that's just like that's not a good feeling so I think he's going to be motivated and I think he's going to have a breakout season next year especially with a young good team like New Orleans and also because he's the oldest right so there's more of the higher expectations for him compared to the second one because he's usually looked at as the mentor for his brothers right so in the beginning, there is a ball in the family. There was an episode that it showed uh, after Lonzo's draft night. They he was like, "Oh, this is his, this is your role model, and this is where you guys need to get to." And I think that's what their mindset for the whole family is. So I think that will definitely play a, a large role. And then coming back to your estimate, uh, your estimating uh, prediction for Lonzo being most improved. I think yeah. it mainly comes to the conclusion that system really matters. It's really important, I think, because Lonzo in the Lakers was really beat down, kind of bullied. Like Patrick Beverly, remember the first couple of times? I guess yeah. it's when he first came in the league, but I think the system still matters. Right now, the system in New Orleans gives him the ability to kind of distribute and help the team. And... Yeah, I think the players around him, Brandon Ingram came with him, a good friend of his. Uh, at least he left L.A. with Kuzma and then them doing diss tracks and saying his yeah. mom, his mom stuff. So I think it was just a good situation that he's in. And mainly all these players, to be honest, those players that you brought up. LeBron, LeBron's LeBron. We can all say that. Uh, Draymond Green ended up in Golden State. Their system is always a pass first find the open man and then Lonzo has that mentality of passing first so I think yeah. the system really matters and as long as he can help the team and Zion if he stays healthy that could be a really good duel yeah uh, along with uh, Brandon Ingram as well because I think uh, if Lonzo really breaks out and develops and if uh, Zion also has a good year you have a pretty good big three in Brandon Ingram uh, Lonzo and Zion with uh, Lonzo running the point and his main focus would be to run the offense like uh, Steve Nash or like a Jason Kidd most, mostly Jason Kidd where you don't do that much scoring you rely on those two but you set up everybody okay so that wraps it up I don't think we have anything else to add take it away William thanks for joining us this week on the 6-0 Jock Podcast make sure to visit our TikTok SoundCloud and YouTube for more Till next time peace peace